Zone World. Uh, I'm going to keep this intro short this week because I'm in my van in the middle of the night in Tucson, Arizona, and I got some people looking at me uh, like I'm crazy. So this is being hosted by Splice Today. The art is by Mike Riley at MikeRileyComics.com. And uh, we're still on tour playing... Uh, Portland, Seattle, Olympia, Missoula, Billings, and Denver this week. So check out Rap Around Robin to see what's up with that. Uh, Paulie Think is the guest. He is a great guest. It's a very heavy and also, I think, very inspiring story about his journey. Uh, I got pretty emotional, frankly, towards the end. Let's, Let's go. go. I'm a Chicagoan, but... Uh... I left many a times. Yeah. Um, so we lived in uptown Chicago, which in the seventies was, was uh, a real rough spot. Mm. Still has rough edges, but um, there's been gentrification there and stuff. But back in the, in the seventies, it was uh, real rough and our house got robbed. My mom got robbed. Um, I would get um, like, I didn't have any older brothers or anything like that. And, um, so my mom used to give me this dime to get uh, like uh, Captain America cards with the bubble gum, mm-hmm. and so I'd like, um, yeah, the older kids that were like gang gang bangers and training, like they found out that I had that dime, and so they would chase me every day, oh, and uh, like every once in a while I get get away, but then they'd all they'd always like catch me and overpower me, and then uh, they found out I had that dime, and so what they would do is um, they'd hold me upside down and just shake it out of me. And it would just like go dang on the sidewalk. <laughs> so, and then uh, our apartment burned down. I think I think we had two like apartment fires or something. I remember the last one, and I just remember like seeing the cookie jar and the rubble, like our pig cookie jar that we had. And, and I was just like, and then my mom was like, you know, we're moving out of here. So we moved to the Upper Peninsula of of Michigan. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It's like you know that part where people yeah. think it's part of Canada and shit. Right. <laughs> the UP area out here, hey. Um, so yeah, we lived there, um, and then I would go spend the summers uh, in Memphis with my dad because that's where he's from. Oh okay. And uh, and then I saw breakdancing. Um, like on TV in the UP and shit. Like I saw some kids, like it was like, I don't know, like 81 or something. And, yeah. and I was just like, these kids were like spinning on their back on a rooftop in New York and shit. And I was just like, that was the freshest shit I ever seen. And I was like, mm. what the fuck? And next time I went to Memphis and like some kids were doing it. And I got down with some kids in the neighborhood and I was just like, I want to move down there. Cause in the UP, there's like no culture. It's like, everybody's wearing fucking orange and, you know, shooting animals and yeah. <laughs> watching the Packers there. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I moved down there. And then um, I ran away from Memphis in 86 because me and my dad, we just didn't go along. And then uh, uh, back up to Chicago. And mm. Like, what did your parents do? Mm. My dad was, uh, I, I, from what I've been told, he was uh, 
like a, a drug dealer with oh, okay. with like some like rogue like CIA dudes or whatever. Like apparently, uh, because he would he would leave like he he like he gave me um like he taught me how to sh- shoot like you know thirty eights, forty fives. 22s like when i was like 12 we used to go over to west memphis arkansas and and he, he was like he you know he gave me the 22 and he was like keep it under your pillow if anyone comes through the window shoot them yeah. say, like don't ask questions just shoot them and um he would just like leave for like weeks and i, I guess when my mom was pregnant with me because i got locked up later <laughs> in the denver uh denver county jail in uh let's see i think it was 99 and I was calling my mom for you know, see if she'd help me out with bail. And I was yeah. like, nah, yeah, you gotta get me out. She's like, you know, that's not the first time you've been in there, right? And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I fucking never been in here before. And she was like, no, you were when you were inside of me. Like, so when she was pregnant with me, um, uh, their house got raided in Denver. Um, and she said that, you know, there was always people with guns and like suitcases of like meth and like big time shit you know mm. or whatever and uh my dad was an asshole to say the least he left her in there while she was pregnant with me and for some reason he just got released like that day and, oh, wow. and she had to stay in there for 30 days so she would let me sit in there for 30 days and then she sent me the bail <laughs> <laughs> makes sense makes yeah. sense. um and then my mom she was um she was uh, a bartender most of her life and then um, um, she ended up working at a bank in Milwaukee. She moved oh, okay. up to Milwaukee um, after she'd moved back from the UP um, down to Chicagoland to this town called Johnsburg. It's like northwest out by Fox Lake, McHenry mm-hmm. and shit like that. And, uh, and then she stayed there for a few years. And then she moved up to Milwaukee and then she... Uh, but she was working at a bank in Milwaukee before she passed. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of an interesting thing. You said like a drug dealer with rogue CIA guys. Yeah. Cause so, um, you know, when I was 12 uh, and, uh, and I, I like, I don't know these, like I met these punk kids there from Europe uh-huh. in Memphis. Like their mom was like a professor at Memphis state. It was mm. called Memphis state back then. Um, but, uh, and they were like talking all this, you know, stuff I never really heard before, you know, like talking about like how the CIA was like corrupt and like, you know, all this. And I was like, what the hell? And then uh, I, I like, we went out to shoot the guns and uh, I noticed on one of my dad's guns, it had, it was like a, uh, like a silver plated 38 snub nose clip mm-hmm. and it had the CIA issued like, mm-hmm. stamp on there. I was just like, yeah, dad, what's up with the CIA or whatever? And he was like. They're nothing but a legalized mafia, son. <laughs> you know, and uh, it was like one of the only like cool things like he ever taught me. You know, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, I don't know. He 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 mentioned that he had worked with some people there before, and then yeah. like, I started to kind of like putting the pieces together. Yeah, you know. So, um, and then as I studied that further, you know, um, that it was very likely that. You know, it was the CIA that introduced crack to L.A. And, you know, there's, you know, um, that um, newspaper 
uh, journalist who's actually dead now that wrote um, that article and everything it was like blacklisted pretty much from mm. he was writing for the Sacramento Bee and then Maxine Waters the congresswoman from California oh, yeah, that yeah. was like um, and there was also that LA County Sheriff um, can't remember his name offhand but he was like he's like uh, there's some vice video about him now he like moved out he like quit his job like he moved out like mm into the woods like yeah. they just did a documentary on him actually i sample him in the meeting in la where he's like yeah this cia has been known to be dealing drugs for oh, a long time yeah, 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 yeah. it's on um it's like a community <clears throat> meeting yeah like, yeah hearing or something yeah, yeah yeah um so i have a sample from that guy on the dunny smash album actually oh yeah it made sense to me you know it's a tool of control you know yeah and a weapon and and i mean i i i <clears throat> Um, you know, like in the late sixties, there was a lot of like activism. And then if you look at history, um, basically like, you know, whoever was like controlling the drug chain and pumping in what kind of drugs is how people re react. So like it went from like hippies and activists. And then you look at the early seventies, then it was like, they were like called street freaks and people were just about, right, like, right. you know, people were just yeah. about like, um, you know, just however they could get high, you know, it yeah. wasn't about like changing the world and, you yeah. know, and then people turn and communities turn on each other, you know, and the same thing I saw and I knew better, but you know, what can you do when you have the disease of addiction and you, which, you know, and then you, which was really hard for me because I had this knowledge. And then when heroin swept through Wicker Park in Chicago, like in the mid nineties, which was following a very active time period where there was you're seeing a lot of activism again in the country uh -huh. and then all of a sudden just like all this heroin came flooding in mm -hmm. you know like in in that area it was china white heroin so it was mm -hmm. like easier to get people to you know try it the first time it's like you don't have to stick a needle in your arm you can just like sniff it or whatever and oh, i just yeah. remember like all these crews of cool kids that were doing cool shit you know like all of a sudden they're just like junkies and will like rob each other and that's how i became for a while too you know like mm. um i just I, I remember at one point thinking that there was no hope there's you know it shit just was over you know what i mean and like fortunately some people have made it out and gotten clean and, yeah. and are doing cool things again you know but um unfortunately a lot of people got lost along the way mm. and, and it, you know it just just showed you know it works you know yeah if if if, if if certain drugs are pumped in like speed and heroin and, and crack, you know, it turns people into monsters and it'll just like, you know, have the community rip itself out from right. the side, you know? And so, so were you like really involved with drugs before that time or not really? I, I, uh, I was down with like, you know, weed and I was like into hallucinogens, but I didn't take them. Like I didn't take hallucinogens like abusively. Like yeah. I was into like, you know, trying to get that spiritual connection or whatever, which I get now without any of that stuff, yeah. you know, through meditation and, and yoga. Um, but, um, yeah, I was always like really opposed to like hard drugs and stuff like that. Um, you know, cocaine or, or any of that stuff. Um, but my buddy that I experimented with a lot of like psychedelics and that stuff with, uh, you know, he called me over and this is when that was starting to get real popular, like around, you know, uh, 95 mm. uh, at least that's when it really swept through chicago um and um it had always been there but it just like really just crept over into a lot of different neighborhoods you yeah. know that it never i mean 
its presence was just huge. Um, but, uh, you know, he called me over and, and, um, you know, he was like, yeah, you got to try this, you know? And I was like, well, what is it? You know? And he was like, China white. And I was like, I don't know what the hell China white is, you know? And he's like, no, yeah, it's cool. You know? And, and I trusted him since we had, you know, experimented with a lot of stuff together, yeah. you know? And then he was like, finally he was like heroin. And I was like, fuck no. You know? He's, and I was like, I'm not sticking a needle in my arm. You know, he's like, oh, you don't have to stick a needle in your arm, you know. Mm. You know, and I was like, and then I tried it after about a half an hour, you know, and uh, and uh, just did a little line, and I I loved it. I loved it, man. It was like one of the best feelings in the world, you know. At least at the time, that's what I felt, and and I chased that, you know, for years. I mean, that's why it is an amazing feeling. And that's why people give up their homes, mm. their families, everything, their passions, you know. Um, what is the feeling? Um, I mean, there's like, a, you know, some, uh, I've heard people say like white dreams, you know, it's like real dreamy mm. and, um, you know, or like being back in the womb is like another metaphor that people use and stuff, you know. But, um, you know, it's it's impermanent, you know, it's right. like you're always chasing it and the, it's just... Uh, so, like, for, for myself, isn't uh, you know, the way I got to think about it now, like, whenever I have euphoric recall, you know, like, oh, yeah, that felt good, you know, or, or like, if I'm dealing with some pain in life and I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, that would feel great. Yeah, I, I have to do this thing that, you know, I call, like, playing the tape all the way through. Yeah, that would feel great for that day. But then at the middle of the tape, I start, like, not being a functional, you know, member of society then more towards the end of the tape i become an extreme shithead and start Mm. i'll like rob you and yeah you know and uh and and cause pain and the ones i love to myself and you know in the community so may i might be backing up a little bit but you ran back to chicago away from your dad yeah like like, what and he was just like not a good guy, kind of. Yeah, he was a real shitbag. Mm. Um, he just, yeah, he, he would leave and he would go. I don't know if he was going to do, you know, drug deals or what. I mean, it was just he never told him, you know. Yeah. And and then he was like, he was racist, you know, too. Like he was, you know, good old boy, old school, you mm. know, like. And uh, I had like black friends and shit, you know, like, um, like in my breaking crew, and then just like, you know, different cats that I hung out with. I was just yeah. like, and um. Yeah, he would just say ignorant stuff. Uh, you know, I got suspended. I went to Memphis City Schools. are yeah. pretty rough. And uh, I got suspended a lot for fighting. So if it, if it was um, uh, for fighting with a white kid, I would get grounded. But if it was for fighting with a black kid, I wouldn't get grounded because it'd be like, uh, it's okay, son. I know how them N-words be, yeah. you know, type of. And, uh, and then I started getting into punk rock and stuff and... Like, I remember I shaved my head just a little bit. I mean, this is, like, in the 80s in Memphis, yeah. Tennessee. You know what I mean? It's not like these kids got it easy now. Like, we used to have to, like, fight, like, on a daily just for right, looking right, a little right. weird. Yeah. Um, and I just, I remember I shaved my head just maybe, like, a quarter of an inch, like, above my ears. And he, like, came home and he was like, boy, what in the hell? It looks like you got cancer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we just really started to, like part on some things and then uh i uh i continued to like get in trouble too at the memphis city schools like mm-hmm. i was just like i'm not 
you know, I just, I couldn't, it was the last school system that, uh, ended corporal punishment. They just like ended it like, I think like five years ago. Mm. So you'd always get these licks with the paddle and shit. Like they call you in and, uh, (laughs) And and they were like, and there a lot of the teachers too were like dummies, you know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, I'm not fucking listening to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? mm. <laughs> I'm going to fucking disobey you definitely, yeah. like defiantly, like in front of everybody. And so then, you know, you would get licks and stuff. And I remember uh, Mr. Wyatt from Overton High. And uh, one time, like, I don't know, we were, me and a couple homies were like skipping class, running around. And he saw us at the end of the hall and he was like, come here boys or whatever you know and we just like looked at him and we were, like just walked away you know like and he was just like that act like so he finally like when we decided we'll go to the office or they called us on the intercom or whatever yeah. he went behind the uh the file cabinet and he pulled out like the special paddle mm. it was like a real big one <laughs> and he had like five air holes in it and shit and he was just like grab the chair boy <laughs> Jesus Christ. and he That's was crazy. just backing up so um but yeah we so uh they i ended up getting kicked out of the memphis city school system they brought me before the board and they were like yeah you can't go to any memphis city school and i still wanted an education and shit you know um but uh and then we had uh the last apartment that we had there was like um I feel like I'm like one of those kids that just like makes up a bunch of lies, right? <laughs> but this is real shit. Um, yeah. There was uh, this kid that was staying. With, his dad was beating him, like in this new neighborhood I was living, and his dad was like in the Kansas City Mafia. And um, so, like after he kept showing up to school, like with like black eyes all the time and stuff, and I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on, dude?" Like, and he finally broke down and told me, you know, and I was like, "Yeah, you could stay with." with me you know my dad's always gone and uh so one day we had gone over to his house and his dad had you know he was with the kc mafia so he had mad guns in there yeah and this other kid that we brought over there like broke in there like a day later or something stole all the guns and his dad thought i did it Ooh. so i was walking down the street and that's so stereotypical he had a fucking martini glass and he was driving a lincoln and he rolls up on me and he just like, he's like, hold on. And he opens up the, the glove compartment and pulls out a piece. And like, he's like, I know you stole the guns. You know, he points the gun at me and shit. And he's like, if I don't have the guns by Monday. I'm going to kill you. You know? And I was like, Jeez. oh shit. So it, like, so I go, you know, I'm like, hey, your dad just pulled a gun on me. You know, he thinks stole the guns or whatever. Yeah. And we we're like, you know, it had to be this other kid. And so we we're like, all right, we're going to go talk to this other kid we're gonna play him like you know just like hey man like put the word out in the street or whatever and see what's going on we right, just gotta right. get these guns back or whatever you know of course he blamed it on black people like when he he cut, he hits us back a day later right and he's like yeah I heard these woo 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 up in Frazier you know they got it you know we know it's him or whatever and uh so we uh the, during that time I go back to the house my dad's not there and I hear a knock at the door and I go to open the door and then Memphis PD just like kicks down the door and they like put guns to my head and shit, you know, and I didn't know, you know, what was going on or whatever. Yeah. They're, they're like, where's the guns? Where's the guns? And I was like, I, I don't, you know, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I ain't got no guns. And uh, so they took me over there and they snatched up his son, Max, too, and they brought him over there and these eyewitnesses. And I was like, I thought for sure his dad was just like setting me up. 
mm. you know, because he was mad because he was abusing yeah. him and he was staying with me and he thought I stole his guns and he was just going to set me up. But these eyewitnesses were actually legit. They were like, they were like, no, he didn't. Like, that, those aren't the guys. Right, right. And um, so Max, uh, my buddy that was abused, his dad's in the mob, he, he jumps over the back of the of the cop car and punches his dad in the face. Mm. He was just like super pissed. And so it, the cops break it up or whatever. It was just like a really chaotic few days. It was like from Thursday to Monday. If, like I said, that one guy said he heard something about it on the streets. So we're like, all right, we'll find out where they are and we're going to, you know, go get them. And uh, so he snuck, he sneaks out we go out and they're like buried in this like little lot and stuff. And then we get them to the Kansas city mafia guys, girlfriend or whatever. Mm. And, and then it was supposed to be all chill. And on the way back, like his dad uh, saw us cause we weren't with her anymore. Mm. And he just, he just rolled into the, to the thing into the apartment complex where it was at. And they, he just like started shooting and we just like, you know, it was like me and a couple other kids yeah. from the neighborhood. We just took off running. And then uh, Max talked to his girlfriend. She, he, he, like, apologized and everything. But the kid, we knew he, you know, he almost got us killed. And we knew he was lying. So when he went to go sneak back up or whatever, we're like, you know, we served him up proper. You know what I mean? So two days later, I hear what sounds like some banging on my door. And I see two guys scurrying across the parking lot. And it was, uh, so I go to open the door. I was actually masturbating. <laughs> I was like, yo, someone's banging on the door. Oh, no. And I, I go and I like open the door and all these flames just came in. And it was like, they, you know, they, they lit my crib on fire. And I had to, oh my. it was engulfed like yeah. in like minutes. Like all I had, to, it was on the second floor and all I had time to do was like jump off grab my boombox and I grabbed my skateboard and I jumped off. I was like wearing like some green pajama bottoms or something like, yeah. and, uh, but yeah, like, so it was like, that was, that was like my last week in Memphis. <laughs> <I was like laughs> so I was just, yeah, I, I just like, I just was like staying, I started staying on the, like, that was the last week at a place in Memphis. And then, and I just like had a head with my dad too. And, yeah. and it was just like, um it's kind of like unsafe i actually uh previous to that like we had been getting into it and that 22 that he gave me under his pillow like case we were like gotten into it so much like and he he was smart like because I, I was like i'm gonna i'm gonna get this and i'm gonna kill him and and i went to go get it and it was gone yeah you know what i mean like he knew he was smart <laughs> he was a fucking smart dude <laughs> <laughs> But so I just stayed on the streets then, like, with, like, some punks and stuff that we were just, like, stay on the streets, like, in downtown, like... In Memphis? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was, like, I was over in Memphis, and so, yeah, I ran away, mm. got, like, a ride with, like, some punk chick that had, like, the misfit skull, like, spray-painted on her hood of her car. Tight. Like, up to St. Louis, and then caught a Greyhound to <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> and what, what's, the, what's the scene like when you get to Chicago? So, um, uh, when I got to Chicago, it was cool. I was like staying with my, uh, godma for like a week. Um, she, uh, she was just real cool lady. Um, she was always kind of like, see, my mom was an addict too. She was a cocaine addict. And so, oh. and I didn't know that till I was older. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so she would always kind of be like, you know, try to like 
try to help me out because she, you know, she was like, and she, you know, yell at my mom and stuff. Yeah. Like, you got to take care of this kid, you know, like, um, but, uh, yeah, it was cool staying with her, but I couldn't like fully stay with her. So then like, I was just kind of like staying on the streets with some punks. And then, yeah. um, I had known some kids up in Milwaukee. And so I went up there and I was like, there was like, we had this little crew called Ada. It was like anarchists taking action or whatever. Mm. Like we formed around because there was a big Nazi problem at the time. Like oh, a yeah. lot of Nazi skinheads and in shit. Chicago. There was yeah, there was cash, and then the, in Milwaukee there was Mash, um, Milwaukee area skinheads, and uh, this guy Pat O'Malley. Like he moved there from Kansas City, but he was like an amazing organizer. Like he really got them them Nazis like organized. Like they had like there was like. 50 to 100 of them like i mean they're out of control like mm. they would go on manhunts like every night you know beat up anybody that was like gay or punks or you know left wing or minorities yeah. whatever um but uh so yeah that was uh i got up there and that was that was um it was really exciting it felt you know really good like just like living my life the way i wanted to yeah. and i was just going to the shows with my friends and we did what we wanted to you know um and uh but I, I that so that 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 pat o'malley and them I, yeah it was so i get i get uh i got locked up in juvie in milwaukee for i believe it was shoplifting or something and um yeah i just remember it was like 16 or something i was really scared like yeah. uh it was just like you know most of the kids were like gangbangers and stuff you yeah. know and like you you know the guards in there were like, don't lift your hands up above your elbows. Like, you know, you can't be throwing no gang signs, da 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 da. So I was really frightened. And then um, my mom was living in uh, Johnsburg, Illinois, which is like part of Northwest Chicagoland. And um, so they said she was coming to get me and she never came to get me. And it was just like, I remember it was like just the, some of the scariest uh, parts of my life, you know, yeah. just like that feeling of just being alone in a cage and like really frightened of the environment and so I finally after a few weeks they put me in this like halfway house uh and um I was just like I just like rules and confinement have never like been for me you know what I mean and yeah. like even in the halfway house and I was asking the kids and they're like yeah man it's it's fine bro you know like you stay here two weeks you know and then you can get a pass to go see a movie or whatever and I was like fuck that you know, and I just like, oh, right, right, you know right. what I mean? I was like, no, that doesn't sound great to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, and I bounced out the side door and uh, I just like found my way to like some homies. Um, they were actually like only like a mile away, which was really nice. Um, I had a Mohawk at the time. So like once I got to their crib, like shaved it off. And then a couple of days later, we were over on the street Downer Avenue is where a lot of punks used to hang out. And then uh, a paddy wagon pulled up. And they like you know obviously had pictures or whatever and like gave chase but i got away that time and then they like the next day like they scooped me up and then i was back in there mm. and then uh my mom finally came and got me back in the halfway house or back no in back in june yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, they came and put me back in yeah. june um but that so that that mashed the milwaukee area skinhead so we had gotten in like physical confrontations like you know um that was what we were organizing because like they you know otherwise they were just like rolling over on everybody like, right I, I can remember the first time that like and they, they were like punks too and they were like big you know we were like little skinny cats right, right, you know right. what i mean and they were, they were like big and like 
remember the first time that we like confronted them, it was like, they were like picking on a girl, mm. you know? And I just like grabbed the ax handle and like me and two other homies, you know, we were just like, it's not happening, you know? And they were just like, you know, it was, yeah. But anyways, there was a lot of stuff that happened after that. And when I got out of Juvie and I went back to Chicago, then I went up there for a show and, um, like none of my homies were there and there was just like 30 of the mash dudes there and they just like surrounded me at uh i think it was the odd rock yeah it was the old odd rock oh, club okay. it was at the exploited somehow one, they had this stupid nazi band it was called one way and their slogan was one way the right way the white way and somehow they got on the bill and they were just like so like 30 of these goons just like surround me in the corner and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, Ada, you know, where's your action at now or whatever, da, 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 da. And they're like, you're going to fucking die tonight. You mm-hmm. know, like Pat O'Malley just looked at me dead on and I know they like killed people before and like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so while they were like all Sieg Highland to their stupid band or whatever, like I just like slipped out the side door and then a week later, that's when him and a couple other cats got charged for killing this Latino kid. It was like mm-hmm. a week later. I was just Man, that could have been me, you know? Yeah. But, um... At this age, are you, like, making music as well? Or are you more just, like, hanging out in this punk scene? So, uh, shortly thereafter, um, I started singing for a band uh, from Fox Lake, Illinois, called um, Not Us. Originally, they were, like, like, like Satan spelled backwards, like oh, Mattis. Okay. Um, they were more like death metal, but then like when I started singing, it was more like hardcore or punk rock. Yeah. Um, yeah, our first show. So we were like, I think our, what was our first show? It was, we opened up for Broken Bones and I think our second show was opening up for Gore. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just, yeah, we played with, uh, UK. Oh no. UK subs was our first show. We opened up for That's UK crazy. subs at the cubby yeah. there. That was our first show. Um, so yeah, we played, uh, we actually played at the, the warehouse where, where house music was born and I didn't know it. Like, mm. I was just like, like, um, there was another floor and me and my homies were like, we were at the hardcore show and then like, we we're like, Oh, what's going on in here? You know, we heard this, doof, doof, you know, and yeah. like, but it was like all black people, you know? And then, yeah. and I was like, well, let's go check it out. And like me and my homies went in there and like, dude by the door was just like, he just had respect that we like came in there like one curious or whatever you know like he was just like introduced us to the dj and you know it was like That's showing nice. us around the joint and it was just like hella cool you know like yeah and then i didn't find out till years later that it's like that's the fucking warehouse warehouse music was born <laughs> that's, that's so wild yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but like and are you i guess are you starting to get some kind of stability at this point? Like you were saying, you were so, living everywhere. Or right. Like, now. <laughs> um, so yeah. I was living in Johnsburg, Illinois. Yeah. I would, uh, which was like a shitty, like, like white trash town. Um, yeah. Like violent rednecks. Um, you know, so every opportunity I got, like on the weekends, I would go down to the city, like in Chicago or yeah. to Milwaukee. Um, I could just like hop on the Metro. Right, right. Um, and then I had friends in both. So I would like try to just like stay down there or whatever. And this is the time. Now this is when my mom was hooked on cocaine. I didn't know it at first. Like, so she had this boyfriend or whatever. So it wasn't 
still wasn't really stable, you mm. know what I mean? Like, so I'd get, I'd like come home and I wanted to get in the crib and shit. And like, I couldn't get in because my mom would lock me out, you know, because they were doing coke or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I was like, you know, like a kind of like a stray dog or whatever, like, like just stay at the neighbors or like right, right, sleep right. in the field with my skateboard and mm. <laughs> listen to bad religion. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was, um, but I loved, you know, playing in Not Us. That was great. I was in them yeah. for a year and a half. And then uh, um, I moved back up to Milwaukee in 89. I lived there from 89 to 92. Mm. And uh, there was a real good punk and like political scene. And that's when I started rapping too. Like, mm. uh, 91, I put out my first little demo. So there was oh, a wow. band there called, it was called Think. And it was a four piece. Um, it was Grant. That played in Demise, and also uh, Randy that played in Demise. And this guy Jeremy, who's now a social worker out in Boston, but um, and Grant plays in that uh, hardcore band War Cry now. They're oh, okay. out of Portland, Oregon. But um, yeah, so that we it was mostly like it was like punk rock with like some some rap, live rap, like with the full band, and and then after that, I put out my first like rap demo cassette. Um, when I was started going by the name MC Think, nice. I just took it from the yeah. Um, what was it like? What was it like at that? The music. It was it was uh the heart was there, but it was pretty corny. You mm. know what I mean? Like I just hadn't I didn't have like the, the lyrical cadence and stuff. Like mm. I mean, uh, it was definitely like <laughs> we gotta overthrow the system, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like I remember like. I used to go over on Holton Avenue because I was just like, yo, where, I got to find out where to rap, you know, and like Holton in Milwaukee, like, um, it's it's hood, you know, like, yeah. and so I went over there and I was just like, it was like an open mic or whatever. And like, I mean, I was like just walking to the, to the microphone and people were just yelling at me. Right, it was 91, right, right. you know, it was like, get the fuck out of here, whitey, you know, yeah. fucking... Somebody hit that motherfucker, you know, all this yeah, shit, yeah. you know. And the host was cool. He was like, oh, man, give it up for the white boy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was, um, but it was cool, man. My heart was in it, and people, you know, people respected that. And uh, yeah. there was a dude, DJ Tory T, that that was DJ in there, and he also hosted a thing on the east side in Milwaukee. And um, so, like, he made a couple beats for me and shit, and then I just started, like, developing. And then... When I moved back to Chicago in 92, and that's when, like, my game really got, like, challenged, which was awesome, and then, like, you know, accelerated. Yeah. Because, like, we would, we would rap on the corners, like, uh, especially the Six Corners, which is, it was a great neighborhood back in the day. It was in Wicker Park, you know, yeah. like, Six Corners, there was the Triple X hip-hop shop, and then there was Literary Explosion downstairs, um, which was like an African bookstore, mm. and they did spoken word sessions. And but we were freestyling the corners, or like in the park, you know. And like, if you weren't freestyling, like if somebody heard something you spit before, they'd be like, "Get the fuck!" Out of here. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, Chicago which I'm so especially is yeah, yeah. That, right? Which which I appreciate. Yeah. And I'm glad that's like part of my history, you know. Mm. Like, um, just like MC and you know, yeah. like, um, but they would also like encouraging though too. You know what I mean? Not yeah. just on some hate shit. Like, right, right, it was right. just a tough love, like. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Were um, there people from from that time that are still around now in some way? 
Well, my man Tree Roots, he did the Tree Roots in the uh, traveling caravan for a while, but he's got like kids now and stuff. But he was like dope MC, you know. Like, and there's there's kids like I remember, uh, and then there was William Upsky who was around. He was he was oh, more yeah. of a breaker. Yeah, he wrote Bomb the Suburbs. He was more of a, a b boy though. Like, so there was another spot like half a block off of um, uh, uh, the Six Corners, and uh, what the hell is the name of that joint? Uh, something the Village, something, but. Uh, so they always had breaking sessions over there and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and then, uh, let's see, Ange 13 was around. She's still doing stuff. She's a beast. Um, uh, Demonology from the Nomads, mm. the Grasses kids. Uh, I know Demon's still doing stuff. He's mostly, I mean, he's still doing music, but he he, he does, like, graffiti, like, all over the world. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I mean, like, uh, like, Juice would come around sometimes. and uh, Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, just different heads, man. J.C. Stokes, who he plays in different bands. Um, and but the, one of the best rappers I remember, like I was thinking about this the other day, was like all the like, you know, like like in history, like there's people that get glory for certain things and stuff. And I was thinking of like all the people that don't get known, you know, this one dude, reality, he was a vice Lord and shit. And he was, he was my homie, like his newest brother and everything too. Like, um, but he was just, he was a cool dude. You know what I mean? Like, um, and his, just his rap were like, I mean, it was like the streets were just coming out of him, not on some hokey dokey. Like I'm trying to like make myself look bad. Like he was just like a vessel of fucking Chicago streets and like, it was just so raw and so real, you know, like, and, uh, he ended up getting shot, uh, like he got shot in his neck. And I remember like freestyling with him afterward, like, and he was just like holding it and shit. And like, mm. like he was just, he was just, but that kid, he's, I don't know. He's, I don't know. I mean, I hope he's okay, but unfortunately he's probably like, he's probably dead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, like, that dude Reality was like he was a beast, you know. Um, and there was a lot of kids like that that I knew in Chicago that was yeah. like like when I first started Blue Collar Nation, our crew like um, this cat PJ that was in it and like and T. Um, I remember they would like we go to do a photo shoot and they're all like pulling their guns out and shit. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm like yo, <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> but you know you know what I mean. That's just how they roll. They're like, yeah. they're, like they're just like yeah, this is what we you know and. Uh, um yeah i mean that's just like a product of that environment you know like yeah like i mean which is basically all the tough guy like posturing and shit like that i mean that's it's all fear based you know like it's like you know because you gotta put yourself out there to survive like i'm fucking crazy you don't want to fuck with me you know what i mean like yeah um and that's all fear you know it's like just like protecting like oh shit i'm scared so i'm gonna fucking act like insane right right you know right. which makes sense man like if i like was like if i grew up in the cabrini greens and shit like i just step out my front door with like fucking <laughs> like every morning with like two ak's and be like right, good right. morning motherfuckers right <laughs> 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 right, right. <laughs> but like this blue collar nation like do you guys do you like put out albums as a group and stuff so back then? yeah we we um we did yeah we did a cassette in 95 it was called survive and the, me and this cat clint 
um, from the dirt merchants started it. And um, so, uh, yeah, we did, um, we just, yeah, we would just sell them too. And like, like all the street cats like loved it, you know, mm. like it was cool. It was like, like, I just remember like the OAs and like the Spanish Cobras and shit. And they'd be like, yeah, I keep coming with it, you know, or mm. whatever. And they would actually like, it was funny, like them cats had no problem paying money you know what I mean? They'd be like, right. yo, where's it at? You know what I mean? I got, I got, I got you. You know what I mean? Like, right, I got, right. come with the next one, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and you get these, like, privileged kids now who just want you to give them fucking free shit. You know, yeah, you got yeah, these yeah. cats out there, like, on corners, like, hustling to survive, like, dodging, like, opposition, bullets, corrupt right, cops. Right. And they're, like, down to throw you some of that dough. You know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, like, crazy to me. <laughs> like, so, but, uh, yeah, so we did that, and, um... With the with the blue collar nation, there was like a lot of like um, you know just some cats got lost to the gang life and 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 uh, um, like uh, the drummer um, he just got out from a thirteen year bid actually mm-hmm. like last month um, and uh, yeah just yeah um, and the guy I started with too he's like you know he's struggling I love him you know what I mean like he's um, he says that he sees what I'm doing and it's inspiring, you know, like I hope he comes around because he's like an amazing individual, you know what I mean? Like, and he's got his experience can like benefit like other cats that are struggling, you know, if he comes through and, um, but yeah, blue collar nation was awesome, man. Like, and then, you know, it, uh, and then it kind of like, you know, we always did the hip hop, but then like the electronic scene came through, um, and it was actually cool when it, you know, when it first cracked off, it was like something new and that was like cutting edge and it was like people are squatting buildings to just like get down with each other, you know, yeah. like, so we did that and we had it cracking. Like, I mean, we had our own little line and you just call and see where the party is. You know, we just like be in some warehouse in Chinatown or whatever. Mm. And like, we could have like 500 people there, like, you know, yeah. but you know, and it was cool and stuff, but you know, unfortunately, like it was just like, didn't have a lot of permanence because that drugs were so much a part of that culture, you know. Well, what were what were you doing with the electron? Were you like making electronics? I was DJing. Just, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got some turntables. Yeah, I started DJing, and uh, and then I would MC too. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, my buddy, Mister Frosty, who's got he uh, owns SOS Studios. He was part yeah. of Blue Collar, and he 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 has that. Um, in Chicago. Now, um, it's an amazing studio. Mm. I just recorded some new stuff there twice. I've been back in Chicago in the last year. I love working with him. But, um, yeah, he made a lot of the beats and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, but, yeah, Blue Collar pretty much, like, it fell apart <laughs> after a while. It was just, mm. like, much too much drama and that, mm. you know. But I always got, you know, love for it. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just actually started working with uh, MC Fella again, who was like a big part of oh, it yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, and he's making music with my brother now, um, so which is cool. But, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because my brother lives in Lawndale, so oh, okay. Fella's from the South Side, so Lawndale's on the South Side too, and so they've been connecting and making music. We're actually fixing to do a song, um, those guys, myself, and then Psalm One. Mm. Um, it's about human trafficking. Oh, and uh, yeah. Okay, so I guess when Blue Collar Nation kind of falls apart, you're saying that's around the time that you, you kind of got 
involved with drugs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I got an opportunity to go out to, uh, so once I got thrown out, I was like, I got an opportunity to go out to, uh, to Boulder, Colorado, um, to be a resident DJ and MC That's at this right, place yeah. called The Root. And, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, in the recovery community, they call it the geographical cure, which we laugh at once we get to know more about it that, you know, like, oh, it, right. yeah, we're, you know, it's like wherever you go, there you are. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. so, um, yeah, it was great. And, you know, I was a lot healthier and stuff like that, yeah. but I was still like doing like mad ecstasy, you know, mm. acid, you know, whatever, some speed, some special K, mm. you know, whatever, like, um, and then I ended up catching a case out there and, you know, like, um, cause I was still engaged in like the underground economy and, yeah. um, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, so it, it was cool out there, but, uh, I, you know, my mom was dying from cancer and I had to, um, I was actually fixing a, I was on probation and, you know, I was like, Ma, I, I want to come back and be with you, you know. And uh, she was like, well, my, you know, my head says no, but my heart says yeah, you know. And I was like, well, I'm coming. And so I made plans the next week. And um, I got a call like two days later. And I just remember I was all whacked out like at some like after hours or something. And my girlfriend at the time, you know, like came. I was like, yeah, you know, stop, you know, like, you know, your mom passed away. And I just remember like my world is like, like kind of tilting on an angle and mm. it was uh yeah it was brutal and so anyways i i i jumped probation there and and uh you know when had her funeral and um yeah it was it was it was it was real rough my uncle my aunt and uncle like stole the money from the from the from her funeral and everything the basket that was like mm. supposed to help yeah it was disgusting so it it was a real rough time and I just like really hit it hard and I moved back to Chicago and I just really hit it hard with the, with the drugs. Yeah. Like, I mean, like at the Gavrini green projects, like every day, mm. you know, yeah, I was, yeah. I was big on heroin and cocaine, mixing mm. them. Yeah. Balls, John Belushi. That's what we <laughs> call them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how old are you at that time? Uh, I was 30. Mm. Yeah. And, and like, like, I mean, how long does that, how long was it like that? Like, how long did that go on? Man, I, around it, in Chicago. Um, I mean, it was always on and off, you know, yeah. like, um, I was like, I became like a Cook County jail all-star, you know what mm. I mean? Like, I was just like in and out of there all the time doing, yeah. you know, a couple weeks, 30 days, a few months, um, you know, uh, I, w I would never go to court. Cause it, it it had this, it reached this point where, like where like you know I was like there was a muddled perspective where like my anti-establishment views got mixed with my junkie right, <laughs> views. Right, right, right. So like I'd be like, yeah, hey, man, I'm not going to court. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. So it got bad. Like so, the last time I was locked up there, like like for four months, and then like my bail was like. 5,000 or something and my girlfriend at the time like came to bail me out and I thought I was getting out and then they were like they looked at it and they were like no this dude never comes to court like he ain't getting out you yeah. know like 
and I thought I was in a, and it was it was fucked up too because there was a gang fight like on my on my deck. Mm. So we got raped. Like the the goon squad came in there. That's like the the guards like they come in all the armor and shit and just bust everybody up and and then they you know look through everyone's stuff and I was like manufacturing hooch, you know. Oh, and, and so she <laughs> tried to. So they like they have court like for like inmates like when you're in there like a different court than they got some jail it's crazy like the levels like you get inside yeah. the beast and um so i was like well fuck it i don't care like i'm getting out tomorrow my girl's bailing me out you know what i mean like so the guard calls me and i was like yeah i'm out of here <laughs> and takes me down to like some other level in the in the county jail and uh this other guard was like oh is he getting out and and the cop goes no, he's going to the deluxe accommodations, <laughs> mm. which is the hole. <laughs> so I went down in the hole, and it was it was crazy too because it's in Division One, which is the oldest building for the Cook County Jail. Mm. That's where they held Capone back in the day. Yeah, it was just like it was like, and they would do this weird like the Chicago police. They um, I remember when I used to get locked up at the 19th precinct a lot, like or like some of the other precincts. 19th was mainly the one I would get not locked up at. But they used to use these red light bulbs and shit. They would use weird, like, psychological. Mm. And then when I was in the hole there, too, they what they would do is they crank the heat. And then they would just, like, turn it off. And it, like, so you'd just be, like, either boiling hot or just, like, freezing cold, like, in the, in yeah. the winter. It was, oh, it was crazy, yeah. It just went on like that for a long time. And then, um, you know, it was, like... I get clean, you know, like do a couple shows, you know, and just get my passion. He'll be like, oh, I gotta, you know, but I just didn't really understand addiction either. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, well, how do you mean? I just, I didn't, you know, like, I didn't know, like, okay, I know some people have seen like the, the show, like Gangland or whatever. Yeah. So the night that they show, like, it's New Year's Eve and they show the Cabrini Green projects where they're out there with like just lighting up the sky. Right, right. I was, like, so sick. Like, I was, like, I didn't care about that. Like, I was, like, trying to get in, but the cops had it all, like, barricaded, you know, like, in. And <laughs> right, I was yeah. pissed because I couldn't get to the dope man, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I couldn't get to the the guy that had the Freddy Krueger bags on the fifth floor, you mm. know. And I was, like, I didn't care about the gunshots, you know. I just yeah. wanted my fix, you know. And, like, so I remember, like, that was the first time I found out about AA because there was some guy, you know. Because I always tried to quit, you know. You stay away from the dope, you smoke weed, and, like someone who's an addict like me like you have to quit everything you know what mm. i mean like it's like and it's different for everybody yeah you know what i mean like but i i just i didn't know what like aa was or whatever and like i found out this guy frankie like someone was like yo frankie like he's part of aa you know like so i called him and he was like yeah man i'll take you to this meeting the first meeting i went to was in 2000 in wicker park on hoyne lemoyne and uh and i was like oh sweet there's like some kind of like way to get out of this you know but i couldn't really decipher through the god language and stuff and, yeah you know like but which uh so it kept me out of the, the rooms for a long time and you know i finally figured out that it took me a long time you know just because i had such i was like a staunch atheist and didn't realize like i was a spiritual individual because i've been doing yoga for nine years and stuff mm. but i had such a like, disdain for religion and yeah. da, 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 that it like kept me from just stop to stop tripping you know what i yeah. mean like i when i listen to people in the rooms and stuff like that i realize that what they're talking about when they what most people are talking about when they talk about god and it's just to simplify things like they just use that term you know like is love yeah you know like love for yourself love for your community and so I, you know i'm grateful i finally like was able to 
work through that because that's a huge part of that program was like it's a spiritual program you know like so but i would i would struggle man i'd be in and out of those rooms and you know uh and i was on probation for that last time you know when i was thrown in the hole and all that shit for that case they wanted to send me down they wanted to send me to prison for two years and uh i went through you know i did four months in the county and i went to alternative um to incarceration i don't know why they called it that because i already did four months in the county <laughs> but so i went to this one thing where it was like is the haymarket uh it's like this six-story building. It's right next to Oprah Winfrey's studios. Mm. And we had to wear, like, like everyone else in the rehab was like, there's like, like I said, there's like so many programs there. It's like, it's where poor people go. You got no insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, but the alternative to incarceration, like we had to pay, we had to pay $400. Mm. And um, we had to wear these like pink jumpsuits. And like, we had to get up at every morning at like 5 a.m. And like, scrub the toilets and shit like that go outside pick up cigarette butts outside of oprah's you know, like just, like, some whole other levels like rehab shit but uh yeah man i got out of there and i just like i i'd always think i'd like have it you know what i mean be like okay i'm good you know like because mm. like i um because that's that's what's crazy about addiction is you're like it, it when a when a non-addict thinks you know okay if i hit myself in the ha- head with this hammer you know, no, I'm not going to do that again. You know what I mean? But right. an addict will, because there's like, you know, that relief or whatever, yeah. even though there's all those consequences that come with it. And you can't, if you don't know how to like, if you don't have the toolkit, like, you know, for me, it's like the 12 steps and yeah. like yoga and meditation and stuff. And it's, like I said, it's different for everybody. But, um, so I was just still trying to like, I was just a very bewildered and, uh, um, I was a, I was I was an active addict, man. You know what yeah. I mean. That's basically to keep it simple. You know, like, um, and uh, so I was like, you know, I went to I went back to school. I started doing some shows again. I scored. I went to St. Augustine College in Uptown in Chicago, and uh, actually was the first person to ever score perfect on the English part of the entrance exam. Nice. And they had to like, double, they were like looking at me all crazy in the library and shit. I was like, yo, what is, <laughs> they kept coming down and looking at me. And I was like, what the fuck are they looking at? And uh, they like came, when they came and told me, they were like, yeah, sorry, we were looking at you all crazy. We thought for sure you had cheated or whatever. Mm. And they're like, you're the first person. They're like, congratulations. You're the first person ever, you know, but I still like, uh, I still like, I ended up like, like relapse. And it was like, um, there was, uh, there was a big epidemic of like dope that was killing people that came through in 2006 Mm. and um and i was you know i was a junkie and like that's the crazy thing about junkies like when the cat from the smashing pumpkins died and stuff like all the dope fiends and that were in new york you know like we're like where's that spot you know i mean that's the good shit that's the powerful shit that's how the mind of a junkie works it's crazy like and uh so I was doing an article like on these Dearborn Homes projects, which were right by Sox Park on the south side, you know, thinking I'm all like, I got a few months clean and, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm done with that shit yeah. and da, 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 da. And, you know, and I'm, so I'm like doing this project, school project on, you know, talking about this killer dope and these projects or whatever, but it planted that seed in my mind, you know, and still had the mind of a junkie, you know what I mean? Like that is just like kept festering, like, Ooh, I, I try it you know i just do it once oh yeah you know like all these lies that like you know like a junkie will tell himself like oh i'm just doing it for a project yeah i'm you know i'm separate from that and and i just yeah i remember um 
So it was like the Sox opener, and I went with my buddy, Big Mike. It was uh, his family had seasons tickets. It was like the opener after they uh, they won the World Series because him and I were both locked up in the county like when they won in the fucking yeah. guard. Like we couldn't watch the end of the game. <laughs> so anyways, the game gets rained out. Um, Big Mike, I lived on the north side. Big Mike was like, you want to ride? And I was like, like no, nah, no, nah, you know. I was like, in my head, I was like, Fucking, it's pouring rain. The narcos aren't going to want to get out of their cars. You know, I'll mm. go try a bag of that shit. And, like, I sniffed a half of a dime bag, like, called Fat Albert or whatever. And uh, I fell out. And, like, the Chinatown, like, uh, fire uh, EMTs, like, hit me with the Narcan, brought me back. Um, and I was just like, fuck, man. You know, my buddy had moved out to Portland. Uh, my buddy Danny Bellrose, and he was just like, yo, there's, like, programs out here that could, like, help, you know? Because, like, Chicago, there's not a lot, you know what I mean? It's like, they got a jail cell for you, you yeah. know? <laughs> Get in there, you fucking junkie. <laughs> you know, if you don't have insurance and stuff, there's a couple spots, you know? Like, But even some of the sober homes and stuff, like, in Chicago are, like, they're just, like, way below par. Like, one I lived at on the west side was, like, I just did a show, actually, last month like three blocks from there and i was like whoa it was like bringing back memories it's like mm. this big building i just remember like cats would bring hookers in there there was like people shooting dope you know what i mean like my roommate when i was living there um he was just like oh his thing was guns or whatever he's like man i packed them things man like that's what he told me the first day mm. and i was like okay and then he'd come home with like pull out like different pieces he'd be like, i told you i keep them things <laughs> I was just like reminiscing on that last month when I was up there. So I was like, wow, that was a crazy place. So yeah, that's when I went out to Portland and that's when I first got some real sober time where I started mm. like learning how like some recovery and stuff. And that's when I first met you. Yeah. Well, wait, did you, cause the first time I saw you was in Virginia with homeless and, and PT Burns. Right. But I was sober then. Yeah. I, okay. I had been out in Portland for, for a year. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that it was like, it, that was a great experience, like, meeting, because um, I had met MC Homeless before, like, um, he found me on the internet, he was going to Kent State in Ohio, and then he was just like, yeah, you want to come down? And the mean fellow went from Chicago down there and uh, and played with Homeless, and oh, he yeah. was like, yeah, we should do a tour sometime, and I was like, yeah, that'd be great, you know, like, and then I, I hit him up, like, a few years later, like, yeah, it was like two or three years later. Like I had like a year sober or something, and and then uh, yeah, I remember I met PT Burnham, and that's when I met. I mean, MC Homeless, like he introduced me to a lot of a lot of cats that I work with now. You know, yeah. like I, I really got to give it up to him. That um, yeah, that's how I met Chesky. Uh, that's how I met you, Swordplay, uh, Brzezowski. You know, just like so many heads. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. And it was kind of like, not out of the blue, but it's not like he knew you for like years or anything. No. like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was funny because, um, so I was like, uh, <laughs> it was funny meeting Burnham too. Like, yeah, and that's when Burnham and I met and we're like, you know, really good friends. Yeah. You know, he's like one of my best friends, I consider him. And, uh. But, um, so he's, you know, he was the kid from the, you know, from the suburbs, you know what I mean? And he, he was like, 
he would just wear like you know pretty much just like grimy clothes or whatever and i was like the kid from the streets and i had like on tour like i brought like you know like 20 pairs of kicks with me <laughs> you know what i mean like all this fresh like jump <laughs> oh man oh yeah it was cool man it was i was just like just thinking about like that time like how yeah. everyone just kind of getting to know each other and yeah it was cool it was cool but we we bonded right away you know like i remember we were at like chesky's uh I think it was his uncle or something had like a penthouse across from the the Brooklyn Museum of Art, oh, like by Prospect Park. And uh, oh, I was chilling with this girl that I met at the show like the night before. Like I went to like uh, like the farmers market or some shit with her. And so they had to leave, and like they had to grab my duffel bag, and like so I had all this gear, you know, like like I said, <laughs> mad kicks in there and shit. And I guess Burnham was like. Y'all gotta carry this fucking kid's wardrobe. <laughs> Which since then, like I've I've like I just minimized like on tour now, you know, like because I was just like really learning how to live again at that time, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, and then plus two, it was like, um, I was just was not used to having nice shit, you know what I mean? So it was like I was sober, and I was like I had some money, you know what I mean? It was like yeah, I want to buy some nice kicks and shit, right, like right, that, right. you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Because there was a while, dude, where it's like, well, I was homeless, like, for at the worst of my addiction, I was homeless for a full winter in Chicago, like, sleeping on the train and shit like that. Mm. I mean, and uh, I remember not having anything. Like, I didn't have, like, because my eyes are bad, I didn't have contacts, now I had bad eyesight. Um, I mean, the pants I had, somebody gave them to me, shoes. I mean, everything yeah. was, like, hand-me-down, just, like, rough. Yeah. Just rough, you know? Um, so yeah, once I, you know, I just, I wanted some nice shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the ball out of control. Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> so you, you started like touring like really steadily after that tour, right? Yeah, man. I was just like, I was, uh, yeah, man, I was all about it, man. I was just like, I mean, I've always been, you know, I've always had the adventurous spirit, you know, yeah. like, uh, I've got some gypsy blood in me for sure, you know, uh, um but uh yeah i was digging it you know like put out that i shot Polly think yeah. that's when i met you and um you know um yeah it was all about it you know i just loved uh traveling and just like meeting new friends and and uh seeing new places and old places and just you know doing the deal um yeah. and it was it was is interesting because things had really changed while I was getting fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, it was easy. Like, like I said, like when we threw the blue collar parties, you know, it was like, like for my birthday party, my buddy like threw a surprise birthday party for me. And he just like put it on the, the phone line that we had and like handed some flyers out. Like one show where there's like 500 people there. Mm. And it's like within 24 hour notice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like, and then it's like all of a sudden, like, struggling just to get even though yeah. i'm doing like what i feel is like something more authentic totally like now as yeah. opposed to what i was really doing then you right, know right. like um um it's harder to like get people out you know yeah. and and like pepe from the bandits and i we talk about this like back in the day when there was just like flyers and stuff like pre-internet like you just like you, you had more people at shows really you know and it was like like now it's just like this ADD society where it's yeah. just like, 
you know, and, and then people can make an image like so they like flood it. You know what I mean? Like they got this internet image, and then like you know, there's not enough clubs or spaces to hold all these like supposed artists, right? Right. You know, right. so it dilutes it out. You yeah. Know, like, but um, so yeah, it was like it's been a real interesting journey. Like even up until now, I mean, trying to figure out what the fuck is going right, on. Right. 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 <laughs> like, because I think everyone is expected to do more with less. You know. Yeah, sometimes the formula's right, you know, like with the crowd and yeah. with the people that are there, and uh, and it's and it happens sometimes. But yeah, there's definitely a, a lot of times where it's just like it's like these this it's these people that are like disinterested, and those people are very uninteresting. You know what right. I mean? Like, um, and I don't want to like just say like hipsters or whatever because that's like easy. You know what I mean? And and I think like the hipster tag like actually like tags a lot of like cool heads right you know what i mean exactly. that like might wear skinny jeans or yeah. whatever wear stupid fucking 1970 Glass science teacher glasses yeah. or whatever like but uh but but there is definitely like there's like that part of our culture you know where it's just like these disinterested like and they're so uninteresting uninteresting too you know what i mean like these mm. people that are um right like and, and that's such a contrast like coming from like you're talking about coming from like '80s punk rock mm. and like hip hop when I was like yeah '90s Chicago hip hop yeah, yeah. It's like to like where we are now <laughs> right, like, right. who are these dudes I, <laughs> I have to laugh otherwise I'll cry <laughs> like you're saying like waking up after this time of being out of the mix and everything's different like. I'm sure there must be a feeling of like, well, am I just doing everything wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I was like, well, I need to, you know, the world's changed. Yeah. And I need to adapt. Yeah. Um, so, um, and, you know, so at first, like the first tour I did when I met you, and I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Like, you know, I met the DIY bandits then too, you know, which is obviously like a relationship that is, you know, continued through today. Like I work with the label now, yeah. and, you know what I mean? Like, um, but, uh, um, so, uh, you know, I was, I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. Like, this reminds me of like punk rock, you know, like where, what indie hip hop was doing. Yeah. And I'd seen what rhyme sayers were doing and stuff and. So a lot of those cats like experience success. Mm -hmm. So it was like this short thing, but then kind of like, and then when people started downloading like people's stuff for free too, yeah. you know, it's like, um, you know, that was just like brutal. Like, I mean, I, I remember when we went to go play Kent, Ohio and like, I, I really wasn't doing a lot at that time. And it was just like some little blue collar nation CD. We had, we put out like, I think it was like we just ran off like a hundred mm. and you know like had written on them and like mc homeless and like a couple of his boys down there were like oh yeah no we heard those songs and i was like what They're like mm. yeah it's on this site or whatever and right, i was right. like you got to be fucking kidding me like this is like some written on like cdrs yeah <laughs> you know um but yeah i was like yeah you know i was always like okay well how, how do i i need to figure out what's going on now and right you know what i mean like but uh, I think a lot of people, I think even still, like, for a lot of, like, 
like even like Chesky and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, you know, or like everyone's trying to figure it out, man. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I met with Alex Vallejo like two weeks ago from the Austin Music Foundation and like his band Vallejo, they they've made like millions of dollars before and like you know, um and then lost it and you know, mm-hmm. it seems like he's trying to figure it out. What's yeah. well, what's the game like now? You know right, what I mean? Right, like right. it's wild, you know, it's like always changing and I, I think the crest of going from Uh, you know vinyl days and you know vinyl's really making a resurgence right now but yeah. like when it was like you know you could get on a label or whatever yeah. and but then like and then you could just to the internet when you could just like if you could hustle it proper you know like just that little change right there is just like i think the it's going to be for years you know figure, how it's going to people yeah. trying to figure it out and yeah um and then too you know it's like people have gotten used to just getting free stuff, you know, for musicians. It's like, man, like, so you know how much blood, sweat and tears goes into this and how much we sacrifice. And then people just expect like free stuff now, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, and I don't mind giving some stuff out for free, you know, it's like, but it's like a gift, you know, don't just like expect it. It's like, right. Like if the doctor was just like, yeah, yeah, let me give you a surgery. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Auto mechanic, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah, let me hook you up with a new carburetor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, just you know, it's yeah, it's just trying to figure it out. And then for me too, it's like you know, coming out of the drug haze, you know. So it's like the world changed in a lot of ways, mm. you know. Like it was like for a lot of years, like my whole life was just like selfish drug seeking behavior mm. you know um so now i get to i guess like one of the cool things i get to do is i get to help out other addicts or alcoholics that are suffering and like i get to teach meditation i get to teach yoga um you know i go speak at rehabs and detoxes um i can contribute you know to my community i you know can you know i throw benefits for the homeless yeah. you know like stuff like that you know as opposed to so i'm contributing as opposed to taking you know yeah so that's amazing to me you know um really grateful for that and oh yeah yeah you know and 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 that's what i've like so with with south by like i was like oh i could you know be bumping heads off these other egos <laughs> you know what i mean because right. like that's a lot of what's going on in South by Southwest is just like, you know, a lot of this ego-based behavior, which I don't want to engage in, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, and I was like, well, okay, you know, I could spend tons of energy and time just like being part of that clusterfuck, you know, in which most people are wasted and they don't give a fuck and, you know what I mean? I mean it's yeah. nothing, I don't, I, I have nothing against people that drink or do drugs, I, I, you know, like to each their own, like I'll buy somebody a beer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, um, but uh, I just, uh, so for me, like, you know, South by just passed, you know, but like, I was like, I was helping the challenger newspaper, like the homeless. I was like working with the homeless community, putting their newspaper together and they need a laser printer. So I was like, all right, you know, so I got this benefit coming up you know, next month. So I was like, I'm going to put my energy on that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, real shit, you know what right, I mean? Right. As opposed to this, like trying to like motherfuckers got to know who I am in the 
quote unquote industry or whatever. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> fucking industry. Yeah. <laughs> and the first time I saw you, you had like a just like bananas live set. It was just like so high energy and like like refined. I thought mm. like like how how is that like possible if you were just like in like a drug haze <laughs> for all the time? <laughs> Um, you know, uh, so that's cause I was out of the drug haze. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just through like all the, I've always had like, like a love for life. Yeah. Even though like, um, you know, there was a lot of trauma that got in the way. Um, and you know, uh, so when I could grip it. And that was one of the moments, you know, yeah. um, I'm just going full force, you yeah. know, I want to like experience it fully and I want to like, and I'm grateful too, like, and so that, I think that might contribute to a lot of like my higher energy performances is because I'm just so grateful to be alive Yeah, and, you know, like, so I just want to come with it, you know? Yeah. And it seems like that's like the real you. For sure, yeah. For sure, the realist. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, say, you know, with like the second album, third album, both both of which I love. Like, are you like looking to other people around you as influences, or like, where where is it like coming from? Like the sound, the sound, and the style that you've developed. You know what I mean? Like, I know it comes from your experience, right? Right. But like. Um, I mean, it's. I'm asking because I think it's very unique. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I never. Um, I never. I know "never" is like one of those blanket words that I probably shouldn't mm. use, but um, I, I never. Well, yeah, I'm going to use it anyway. Dude, that's good. <laughs> With my inarticulate ass. Uh, yeah, I never like write a song and like. Oh, I want to sound like this guy. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, it's just basically like I'm a vessel for my experience. Yeah. Um, and then it goes through the the Dunny filter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and like, do you feel like it's hard? Like, because I, I it's something uh, the Pasolacqua guys and. And uh, we've been talking about a lot. It's just because they have a lot of things. I guess you could say, yeah, I will say they're humorous, Mm. but it's they're talking about not wanting to be like we're funny rap or something like that. Right, right. Like I, that's something I've always dug about you. Is it's really funny, but not in a way, not like. Saturday Night Live uh-huh. rap or something. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> like, do you, is it hard to, like, do you ever find it to be hard to just keep that up? Because I'm sure it gets misunderstood, like, all the time. Um, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, you know, some of my stuff is political, yeah. social commentary, and then some of the stuff is just, like, fun, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's, like, to me, like, that's the multitudes of life, the life experience. Um but yeah, uh, yeah, definitely like, um, yeah, the, 
So I, the the one performance I did was the Modank's kid, my newest character yeah. from uh, from Malden, Mass, dude. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I did that at the Scratch Final Showcase with Chesky, uh, but uh, yeah, that, that got yeah that got misunderstood by one chick in the she was like from Boston or whatever, and you know, like because the hook is like. Uh, Mo Dunk's kid. I get the party started. Mo Dunk's kid. I fucking my retarded. And, uh, you know, she was all like shaking her head. I talked to her afterwards and I was like, I was like, yo, what's up? You know, like, I, you look like you're offended or something. And, uh, she was like, yeah, I work with like, you know, special needs kids. Mm. And I was like, it's a character, you know, like the guy is supposed to be, you know, yeah. ignorant. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, it happens sometimes. Like, and then like, uh, actually, uh, the homie Saul Paul that's playing with us mm-hmm. tonight, who's amazing. Like, um, but uh, we had just gotten to know each other from like um, we did a show together, and then he invited me for a show that he was throwing, and then uh, we seen each other at a couple of the rallies, like uh, Eric Garner and Michael Brown, um, and then like I threw a show called Hip Hop for the Homeless, um, and he was performing, and I did the he hadn't seen the Mo Memphis character. Mm. So I did the Mo Memphis character and uh, like, yeah, he was just like, you know, um, what's cool about him though is he speaks his mind, you know, yeah. and he, um, but yeah, he was definitely offended, you know, like uh, and that was the first time that ever happened with the, with the Mo Memphis character, you know what mm. I mean? But like Saul Paul's from, you know, from the South, he didn't know I lived in Memphis for a while, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, he, he like, you know, he, he rocks a grill sometimes and, you know, a chain and stuff like that, you know, so right, he thought right, it was right. just like making a blanket, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, so sometimes it gets, you know, misconstrued or like, um, and then I was playing at the punk and roll, uh, um, barbecue this summer in Boston. Well, Austin. Oh yeah. yeah. Austin rock city, dude. Um, <laughs> which was a benefit like for the, uh, the uh, Boston Public Schools music program for the kids, but uh, so I gave this speech <laughs> called "Fuck the Kids." Mm. <laughs> the, 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 okay, so like the drummer from uh, A Minor Revolution. Oh, okay. you know, like, you yeah. know those cats, yeah, Ryan Revolution. Yeah, the, the, I love those homies. Great punk ska band. Like, uh, but uh, so the drummer's wife. Like I, so I crashed at their crib the night before that show or two nights before, like, I guess I was doing the Dover show or something. Anyways, like she was just appalled at this speech. Mm. She was like, this fucking guy was sleeping on our couch. (laughs) (laughs) You know I mean? It was just a joke, you know, like I'm like, fuck the kids. All they do is ride around their little fucking BMX bikes all day talking shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes people just don't. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I like the clowns sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, th- I think there's something beautiful about, like, like, uh, do you know the Grand Buffet guys at all? Do you know I've them? never met them cats. Okay, but you know them. Yeah, because of, yeah, because of you and Burnham. Yeah, it's, it's like, I feel like there's a similarity there between you and them where it's like taking this humor that's almost like inside joke style like it almost develops from just like you saw a guy that like talked like that or whatever. It, 
But, and then like elevating it and like putting it out <laughs> in the world. It's like pressing up. Right, right. <laughs> you know. Well, so the Mo Memphis character actually was I created him because of Nuck Feast, mm. which is you know Chesky and David yeah. created. As a joke, because ICP, they got an opportunity to do some shows with ICP, and so they made up this joke Nuck Feast thing. It was funny, and Chesky was like, now, he's like, shit, I got to come up with a a counter to Mo Dunk's kid. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, holy shit, I was like, he's like, because we were talking about it at South By, and uh, I know we were just talking about characters or whatever, and then he was like, yeah, Mo Memphis, he's like, remember, you created it to battle Nuck Feast, and I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that, you know, like you said, it's like some weird inside joke or whatever, and it's just growing. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, like, you mentioned something which really kind of surprised me right before we started, and I can't help but ask, like, um, now that we're getting to, like, present day, like, do do you still struggle with this like going back and forth between sobriety and these drugs i just celebrated a year um clean and sober Uh, congratulations thank you man uh a few weeks ago um so when i met you i had i gotten that was the first time i got some real sobriety you know besides being like locked up or whatever it's called that dry time um and so when i got that I was just like, actually, <laughs> it was when I stayed with you in Baltimore. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> so I was sober on that whole tour with Fella. Mm-hmm. Um, I was coming up on two years. I was watching The Wire. We're, we're talking about this euphoric recall and all this and like the power of, you know, like within an addict. Um, so I like previous to the tour, I was like staying at my homegirl Anna's in Portland and I watched like the whole like everything and the whole show of the wire. Yeah. And I was just like, oh wow, it just reminded me of Chicago, like the different kinds, brands and all that yeah. shit. And then when Fellow went back and I was like, oh man, I gotta try this Baltimore dope or whatever. Like it's it sounded killer, you know. So I like went and sniffed some or whatever like that. So I'd relapsed on oh, the dope. No. Well, you were yeah at your house. Yes, (laughs) I didn't do it at your house. (laughs) I told you we could keep it real. (laughs) Um, But uh, it it was like garbage or whatever. I mean, it's all garbage, but Mm. the the quality wasn't good. And and anyway, so I I didn't do. I went back to Portland. I didn't do dope, but I was like, oh, I can smoke weed and and drink and da da da. And so for, for for many, well, so that was well for a few years. So that's what I would do. I was like, I would drink and smoke weed or. Like, um, you know, go work work on some weed farm and be out in the mountains in Cali and oh, be yeah. like, oh, I'm fine. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, um, but it was only temporary. You know what I mean? Mm. So, and it uh, would all lead back to yeah. Like once yeah. once like if I could just stick with the weed, like it'd be fine. You know, like but I'd always like after a year or something, I'd be like, oh, I could probably drink a beer or something too at the bar. You know, yeah. I love beer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I fucking I'm not like. Like, I actually like the taste of beer. Like, I, I love whiskey. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, but, um, so, uh, you know, I would be off and on. And, and, and I was just, like, in this weird kind of, like, I was able to still, like, you know, crank out songs and do some touring and stuff yeah. like that, you know. But I don't think I was ever, like, fully myself. Like, now I feel like I'm fully, like, like myself, you know. Like, um, it's it takes practice, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, 
to learn about a disease that like even still like a lot of society has an archaic perspective on you know what i mean it's like not that you have a disease it's like what the fuck is wrong with you like it's some kind of like uh like moral dilemma you know right 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 um even though it's like recognized you know by the american medical association as a disease you know what i mean it has for years there's still a lot of like um like i said archaic beliefs around it and stuff and so and then even you know and then as an addict too like when i was coming up on that two years like i had a lot of friends you know that bless their heart they probably have a better understanding of addiction now but they always would be like dude you're not like these other people you know like these other junkies and stuff like that you know like you're smart you know you can do things the only problem that you have is like this this drug shit like and everything else you do good you know but like and you know so i'd I'd like hear that and i'm like yeah i don't want to be like these other people you know what i Mm. mean or whatever like try to like make them lower or whatever feel better about myself and the fact is is that i'm just like the guy that's under the bridge right now you right, know, like, right. and as opposed to like trying to differentiate from myself from him and like separate from yeah. him and just be selfish and be like, okay, I'm just gonna like, you know, take these tools that I've learned that someone else like in the rooms passed on to me. Like now, I'm like, let me pass them on to this guy that lives under the fucking bridge because I yeah. lived, you know, in the streets of Chicago, you know, for a winter, you know, homeless, yeah. like, or on the train, just trying to, you know, so it's uh it's different now you know and it takes practice you know like i said like figuring it out and it took me a long time figuring out the language of like you know like the 12-step programs and shit like that you know because like i said there was a big hindrance for me with the god language and stuff like that but i'm in a good place now you know like yeah where it's like i just feel like you know um like this is what i want to do you know like i don't have any like like oh i wish like i could just like you know drink or whatever like Mm. you know um like i'm indifferent to like like i did the tour last summer and it was just like like some people in the program are like damn dude i can't go around you know and i'm like well people drink and people do drugs in the society so they're gonna be doing them around you know what i mean like and i got no problem with it you know like as long as like people aren't being shit bags you know (laughs) like um you know, so um, so it's no problem for me to be around it. You know, like I've even been in a studio recently where you know the guy that was recording me when he was like sniffing cocaine and mm-hmm. shit, and I was just like, you know, he he was like, "Will it bother you?" And I was like, "No," you know, like you know, in my heart, I feel for him. You know what I yeah. mean? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I was just looking at it like, "Damn, I'm glad it ain't me." You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but. uh yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes when I'm going through a lot of pain, uh, sure, I'll want some relief, you know, like, I'll think about it, you know, I'll be like, oh, man, fucking, like, I just, my girlfriend and I just broke up, like, on New Year's, and, like, that shit was painful as fuck, you know, because it brings up, I have a lot of issues with women, because, you know, like, my ma, you know, like, abandonment and shit like yeah. that, you know what I mean, so it's like, really, like, even though it was a mutual breakup, like, in my head, like, like, I don't know if you remember, like, My Head Wants Me Dead, that song from I Shot Polly Think, you know? Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it's like, that's how, the, like, the mind of an addict works, mm. like, constantly, like, telling you you're a piece of shit or, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and you can get out of that, but you, you have to do, like, work, you know? Like, there's things that you have to do to, like, get away from that. That even, that's ego-based, like, behavior, too. It's just the other end of the ego. 
It's like either like, oh, I'm a piece of shit or like, oh, I'm the shit. Like, I'm better than you. Right. You know, it's all unhealthy, you know, like, so I've just been like uh, getting balance, um, you know, like through meditation, like a lot, like in in yoga. And that's, and like, kind of like going back to the, like the, the God thing too. Like, so like for me, like I find like, you know, for lack of a better term, God, like in silence and like, um, you know, like when people would ask the Buddha, like, oh, do you think there's a God? And he would just be quiet. Mm. You know, like, um, and you know, that's, and that's in another way that helped me at first when I was just like, I'm out of options. I don't know how to stay clean and sober by myself. Like, okay. I used to have faith that when I would go into the Cabrini green projects, that I wouldn't get robbed, <laughs> yeah. that I wouldn't get arrested. And then when I put my fucking $40 through this hole in the brick wall that the dude on the other side is going to serve me my shit and not yeah. sell, me, sell me a dummy bag. So maybe I could have faith that this sponsor guy in the program can, you know, since he's staying clean and sober, that I can have faith that maybe he can guide me through this shit to a better life, you know? Yeah. So I started like, and faith is that and you know and i was like all right whatever and he was like i had a problem with the god thing and he was like just translated as good orderly direction you know so that i can that makes sense for me still now you know like so it's like so i get that god in silence and that can be good orderly direction you know like not like a deity or whatever yeah you know on the, actually on the last episode of this podcast we we're just talking about life we got to we're in depression and stuff like that and we got to a point where we're like what is the point of life (laughs) and like Uh and not that you have to answer that but but uh what what in you or around you the most keeps you from from falling back if if that makes into Into drugs drugs or whatever you know i guess um just the appreciation for life and like um i guess this like spiritual journey that i've been going on and and uh i just like um being able to experience life um you know it's just so much better than just like and even though i'm 44 you know it's like i move around pretty well um and uh you know i just want to live more you know like I want to like learn more. I want to like experience more. I want to travel more. I want to contribute more. You know, it's just like exciting to me. You yeah. Know? So it's like, because when I think about like, it's like, oh yeah, I could go back to that. Like, you know, like I don't, there's a lot of like dudes, like, like there's this mentality, like, uh, like there's a documentary about like old school Chicago hardcore punk rock and it's like called You Weren't There, you know? Mm. And like, uh, you know, it's just like, um, it's this mentality of like, like people think like, oh, this shit that they did, you know, which was rad, you know, but then they like are like, all oh, these, all these kids don't know what they're doing. Oh, it's yeah. all bullshit and da da da. And I'm like, wow, like I do not want to be like some jaded, miserable cunt sitting on a bar stool talking about how what I did 20 years ago yeah. was the only legitimate culture that was like cracking, you know, like right. It's interesting. I run into that, you know, like. 
And I'm like, no, man, I try, I, I always like, you always have to remain teachable. You know what I mean? And like, like kids teach me shit. You know, I teach them shit. I learn shit from older people. You know, like it's a constant exchange of, of ideas, experience and inspiration. Yeah. You know, like, um, so yeah, I just, yeah. And like, so yeah, I just don't want to be that dude. You know what I mean? Right, I, right, right, right. I just like, I still got a lust for life and you know, like see what you know just ride this journey out like yeah. with the pain too like i was saying like with the you know with the pain that came from like the the breakup and stuff i had to reach out for extra help you know like from my uh my uh spiritual guide he's uh from leeds england he lives here in austin mm. though but i met him he was coming into the rehab when i was there and uh we've had a a bond ever since you know he used to be like this hooligan and shit you know mm -hmm. he's like he looks like a you know <laughs> he clear out the pub man uh but uh like it's interesting because he met me in rehab i was a fucking sick junkie when he met me now i'm the guy that he asked to watch his dog yeah when he goes out of town i'm yeah. the guy that he has cover the meditation class like when he's gone you know what i mean like it's it's a beautiful thing, you know, like so it's like yeah, that's the guy I want to be, you know what I mean? I have yeah. friends that like call me now for advice, you know, like on mm -hmm. relationships or whatever, you know, like are they struggling or like yeah. it's like I'd rather be that guy than the guy that's like oh man, I decided to drink again and like yeah. can I stay at your house and like always need need need, you know, it's like now I get to like help people, you know. Mm. It's still poor, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. But, right. but like, I'm happy. Yeah, I think that'd be a good place to end it off. Man. Word. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks again to Polly. Think we'll see you next week.